We're going to be talking to doctors of BC and paramedics coming up in the next hour about what happened yesterday. It's a fine balance, though, isn't it? Because we don't want to you don't want to give too much oxygen to this whole thing. Yeah, Simi. I mean, I I'm kind of discouraged on this one. My my first inclination is to ignore people whose main goal in life is to stir up trouble and turn themselves into celebrities on social media, which I think is mostly what these uh, protests are about. I don't think they're really about protesting. I think they're about the quest for fame by a bunch of deluded people. But, uh, you know, targeting healthcare workers is serious stuff, in my view. These people have to go to work, and patients have to get in there, too. And uh, that's discouraging. I, I would add as well that I feel for our colleagues who have to cover this. You know, oh, yeah. uh, I certainly heard Amad Agahi of Global yesterday talking about, you know, it's it kind of threatening to be there. These people are shouting at you and breathing on you and making a big show of the fact that they don't wear masks and don't believe in vaccines. I, I've talked to other reporters. Um, I'm not making a joke about it, but you do wonder uh, what our bosses are going to have to do in terms of taking steps to protect people in these circumstances, both reporters and camera operators. I also heard, yeah, just looking at social media yesterday, too, in the hospitals, they were they were stressed out, the people who worked oh, sure. there watching this happen. And then some of the protesters are going inside to the hospital yeah. to use the washrooms. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it as I said, uh, you 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 hold you have to cover it it's big enough uh, the crowds are big enough the the risks are significant enough that you that's what we do we cover stuff but uh and the and the other bit of perspective is important i think to note that protests even violent protests even threats are not a new thing in the political arena in british columbia you know i've i've been covering it for a long time and i well remember the anti-abortion protests in the past and um, angry mobs storming into the legislature and breaking a security guard's hip during uh, forestry protests. Uh, Two of the premiers that I've covered, uh, the threats got to the point where one of them had to have a panic button installed in his house and another one had to move out of his house because his uh, constituency office was firebombed and the police said, we can't protect you at home. So it's not new in that sense, but at the same time, I was talking to our colleague Keith Baldry about this yesterday, and you know, he and I have been covering politics forever. Mm-hmm. You see, the difference is the way social media magnifies this stuff. You know, kind of people that engage in this stuff before social media came along. The most they could hope for was, you know, they'd walk around the legislature building with a sandwich board on or they'd shout something in a crowd and maybe they'd attract enough followers to their little basement command center that they'd get some aid and comfort from like-minded wackos. But now, social media, they're celebrities all over the world, right? They, they, they yeah. get all this aid and comfort. And again, I don't have a solution to this, but the time, the thing that's different about the times to me is not that people get angry and protest and protest legitimately. It's that the really dangerous stuff gets magnified by social media. That is so true. So yeah, we're going to talk um, more about it with the people who, you know, doctors and paramedics who really yeah. felt the brunt of this yesterday. Oh, yeah. um, but let's talk about housing and affordability because there's a couple of really interesting yeah. stories about that right now. This little mountain deal, just it stinks to high heaven, Vaughn. 
Yeah, the the thing you need to know about the Little Mountain deal, so this is a piece of property in Vancouver, uh, six hectares of wonderful land for housing, uh, was supposed to produce 200 units of social housing. The, the social housing on it was demolished in order to get going 13 years ago now. The thing the member of the public needs to know, the listener needs to know, is that your provincial government, the B.C. Liberals, gave the developer the money to buy the land. No interest until 2026. I, I don't understand They this. gave them the money, $200 million. The idea of selling the land was, okay, we're going to sell it. You're going to redevelop it. We're going to get better housing out of it. This is all makes sense, right? Okay, government, you know, is going to do it. The thing they've been covering up, and they fought for years to avoid disclosing this, the government gave them the money interest-free to buy the land, and the land still isn't developed. And from what I understand, there was no, there were no guarantees in there about timing of when stuff had to be built. So they're allowed no, to just nothing. sit on it. This is the B.C. Liberal government. Gordon Campbell was premier when it happened. Shirley Bond, interim leader of the Liberals, was in cabinet when it happened. If she knew, she didn't ask. If she, if she knew, if she didn't know, she should have known she was a cabinet minister. Questions should have been asked about the deal. Campbell should have known and asked questions about the deal. Rich Coleman was the minister. He's gone. Kevin Falcon, seeking the leadership of the B.C. Liberal Party right now, was in cabinet when this happened. Again, what did you know? Why didn't you know? Why is the government handing the land to the developer, and giving the developer the money interest-free to buy it, and then not insisting that the developer even delivered the promised housing. It's, I'm sure it really is, you think back four years, the liberals lose their legislative majority, at what point, you know, to the member of the public, this is a disgraceful deal, the liberals need to explain it and justify it, and frankly... What I've seen, I don't think they can. I don't think you can either. Just the fact that it's been allowed to sit empty like that while it gets more and more expensive in value. So they're appreciating. And essentially, it's free money for them. Yep. And we only know this, by the way, because a couple of reporters at Post Media, Dan Fimano and Laurie Culbert, and uh, pushed and pushed and pushed. And because David Chudnowski, former member of the legislature, right. uh, fought month after month, year after year, to get this information. And the developer finally released it. It's a, you know, it's a story about how government always tries to withhold information on these deals. And they tell you, well, you know, it's because of commercial interests we're holding this information back. You realize that it's kind of a conspiracy where the developer helps the government to withhold the information because... Who it's really protecting is the government. They don't want people to know the terms because the terms are embarrassing. So where do we go on this now? Do you think there is pressure on Chili Bond, on the BC Liberals, to talk about this? Well, you know, we are in a time, as you know, where 
pretty much every story uh, runs out of gas in a few days because we're so dominated by the pandemic. We're in the middle of a federal election. There's a, there's a whole bunch of reasons why we don't get around to this stuff. But as normal politics returns to the political arena, and please let it be soon, um, I think for starters, uh, Falcon, who wants the leadership of the Liberals, and Bond, who is their interim leader, needs to do a lot more to explain this. Uh, Coleman, who's gone, is not available to defend it. But, you know, if, if he won't and can't, um, somebody else is going to have to justify this. This is, a, this is a major, major blot on the B.C. liberal record, and it confirms people's worst suspicions about the kind of cozy relationship they had with developers. It really does. All you have to do is drive by it, and, and, and I do, and you just go, why is this still empty? After well, all yeah, these you know, and, years. and we know, Simi, people were kicked out, right? Yeah. They were evicted. Social because, housing. Hey, were we're going to develop this, right? Um, City of Vancouver allowed the land to be de- uh, the, the the housing to be demolished, but you know they were they did that because they thought social housing is coming, right? Um, well, that's what they were told. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, no. I mean, this is uh, you know it, it's it's just one part of the story of why the housing market is so screwed up in Vancouver. It's certainly not the only story, but it is a really major scandal in that sense, and uh, I think one that uh, shouldn't be allowed to go away. It should not. Well, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.